welcome, my fellow traders. This is your assignment, should you choose to accept it. There is a secret agent out to destroy our nation, and it is your job to stop them before it is too late. Should you choose to accept this mission, Jen Pisaki and Whoopi Goldberg will seek out your destruction, and TINT will disavow any knowledge of your existence. This message, like the Dems' re-election chances, will self-destruct in five seconds. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Traders, you know there's something weird going on in our nation. It doesn't take Ethan Hunt to figure it out. When everything is going wrong and all the leaders of our nation want to act as if everything is fine, there's something really off. And we don't need to call Bond, James Bond, in to figure out what it is. Oops, we forgot to introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Jason Bourne. And I'm Honey Rider. (laughs) If you didn't get Lennox's joke there, you're too young. Look it up. This is episode two of Beginning of the End on TINT. So in our previous episode, we talked about what you would do if you were going to destroy a nation. And this week, we are going to look at how this is actually happening. Are things turning for the worse? We are going to look at different aspects of our nation and see just how we are doing. So if you are going to destroy a family, there are numerous things you can do. One of the most effective ones, though, would be to put it in so deep in debt that it could never get out. And that works the same way for a nation. If you want to destroy a nation, you put it in so deep in debt that it cannot survive. And according to Google, at the end of 2021, we were $28.43 trillion in debt. To get a feel for what that means, you have to compare that to the GDP, the gross domestic product, which is how much a nation produces in a year. So the United States debt to GDP was 128% in 2020. So that means for every dollar of a product that the United States produced, whether it's movies, whether it's steel, whether it's computers, or no matter what it is, for every dollar we made in the year 2020, our debt was a dollar and 28 cents. So in other words, we were deeper in debt in the year 2020 than every single thing that the entire nation made. We had the 12th highest debt in the world when it comes to debt compared to GDP. The highest is the socialist dung heap Venezuela. Theirs is at 350%. Wow. Socialism works really well at putting you in debt. And then from there, it goes like this. It's Japan, Sudan, Greece, Cabo Verde, Italy, Libya, Portugal, Singapore, Bahrain, and then the United States. This list, until you get to the United States, kind of like a who's who of where you don't want to live. And then there's the United States. And we have leaders on both sides who are doing everything they can to bankrupt this nation at the speed of light. There are so many things that we could point out in regards to this. And there's plenty of blame that we could point out on both sides of the aisle here. But we're just going to look at two specific instances to show how this is still going on. It's not getting any better. In fact, it's getting worse. On Tuesday, June the 21st, the United States and announced it was going to give Afghanistan $308 million for, and I quote, humanitarian aid, which is going to bring our total to $720 million that we've given to them since August 
of 2021. And by the way, this isn't the only country that we have been increasing our aid to since Biden took office. But for the sake of time, we're just going to stick with Afghanistan. There was an article out there which says this administration wishes to bring thousands of Afghans to America over the next few years. So we thought, what's the case with that? Why are we doing that? We looked it up. When it comes to the Afghans who are here in this nation, 65% receive government assistance. So is this just another way that we're trying to bankrupt our nation? Yeah, I think it's probably a subtle way to do that. So what's the problem with giving Afghanistan all of this aid? Well, the problem is, is who is running Afghanistan? It's the Taliban. Do you think that any of that money is going to go to take care of the people? Or is it almost all going to go into the hands of the Taliban? The answer is obvious. You know, what are we thinking? You know, Joe gave the Taliban untold riches in armaments so they could start their own war against us. And now he needs to give them money too? Yeah, we left all of our military equipment over there. They have it now. So here's something else. Remember that $1.5 trillion infrastructure bill that we so desperately needed to pass? Pass it now. Now! $360 billion of it went to bail out the debt of liberal cities like San Francisco. These cities had made poor decisions We can say bozo. Bozo's our word right now. Bozo decisions. And so the Democrats in Congress paid off their debt to their own cities so they can continue to run the cities the same way, making poor decisions. And this has nothing to do with infrastructure, repairing roads and bridges. This is a leftist wish list fulfilled. And these are just two examples of our leaders intentionally bankrupting us for the most bizarrely stupid ideas ever. This is how you kill a nation. And it continues to happen. And it's continuing to happen. You know, Biden just came out and he announced that he's going to be sending more American tax dollars to the tune of $200 billion over the next five years for global equity. You know, so we have leftists spending more than a trillion dollars to build our infrastructure while murdering what keeps our nation growing. And that's energy independence. The first thing Joe Biden did when he stepped into office is he cut the production of oil in the United States. You know, we here at Truth Is Now Treason are more than willing to give credit where credit is due. Brandon is exquisite at passing the blame. When it came to rising gas prices, he blamed Putin, even though the costs were rising long before Russia invaded Ukraine. He blamed petroleum company profits. You know, according to Google, which is a bastion of right-wing conservatism, Ah, yeah, uh (laughs) You know, a refinery makes five cents a gallon when it refines gasoline. The gas station makes four cents a gallon when it sells a gallon of gasoline. How much does the federal government make in taxes on a gallon of gas? 18.4 cents a gallon. Then when you throw on top of that what a state makes when it comes to taxes, it can range anywhere from four cents in Florida Again, one more reason that we want DeSantis to be running in 2024, all the way up to 57.6 cents a gallon in Pennsylvania. Now, remember, the government does nothing to get you the gas you need. In fact, often they are doing everything they can to prevent you from getting the gas you need. Yet they want that share of the pie. In some cases, they make 10 times as much in taxes as the petroleum company does in profit. How dare you make a profit? It's only for the government to do. We get our money for trying to kill the petroleum industry. But if you're in the petroleum industry, it's a sin for you to make a dime. You know, if it weren't true, if it wasn't murdering the budgets of poor Americans, it would be a hit comedy. 
Wait, I thought the left loved the poor. Oh, wait, that's right. The left doesn't love the poor. The left loves their policies. It's like and Dietrich loves himself and what the words <laughs> that come out of his mouth. So anybody who's a liberal listening, I just dogged on Dietrich for you. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to love the best, nah. I'm going to love me. <laughs> 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 the left doesn't care who their policies hurt. You just don't know enough to know what's good for you. You know, the fact of the matter is this was desired by Joe Biden all along. He wanted to cut petroleum production in the United States. Don't believe me? I want you to listen to this montage of Joe saying the same thing over and over and over again. We want to thank the guys from Red Eye Radio for doing this. They showed us this is something Joe Biden wanted. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yes. new pipeline infrastructure? Yes. And, new pipeline. And, and, exactly. and no more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. I've argued against any more oil drilling or gas drilling on federal lands. No one's going to build a coal-fired plant again, and we're going to get rid of the ones we have now. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. Would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. So Joe cut production. When you cut the means of production of something, it becomes more expensive. He wanted this. Remember, this was an exciting transition, as he said. Even his press secretary accidentally said he was doing it on purpose and then corrected herself. Listen to this. I mean, the president has been very clear in making sure that he does everything that he can uh, to uh, to elevate to alleviate uh, the you know the the pain that American families are feeling when it comes to gas prices. Nah, she had it right the first time. Biden was trying to elevate the pain American families are feeling. Thanks, Joe. So another thing that we have seen happening is that push for electric cars. And the distinct problem this causes for the United States is that it forces us to rely on a country for our energy needs that makes, first of all, dirtier energy because who controls the battery market? Oh, that's right. China. Once again, we're benefiting China. So we're putting money in the enemy's pocket. And how do we charge the batteries for electric cars? From electricity. And where does that come from, by and large? Coal. Again, what the climate Barbies and Kens of the world want us to get away from. And if you wonder why we're using those terms, go check out Fascism with a Side of Canadian Bacon, Episode 4, because that's where we get that term. Excellent episode. So here's yet another example of hypocrisy. We have the cleanest energy here in the United States, but yet we're moving back to coal. We're putting money into our enemy's pockets and we're not producing our own energy. We're not being energy independent, which makes us vulnerable. So we are murdering the petroleum industry so that we can fire up our cars via coal. It doesn't make sense. And it's a lie. It's not helping the climate at all. And where are you going to bury those batteries? 
That's another thing you have to think about. Here is something to remember. We were making records in reducing carbon emissions already, and we weren't even in the Paris Climate Treaty. As we should have been. (laughs) As we covered in the series called Triple D Episode 3, the director of the IEA, this is the International Energy Agency that works with countries around the world to shape energy policies. He said the United States back in 2020 had made a historic world record in reducing carbon emissions in the last 10 years. I mean, it would take the next carbon reducing countries, 12 countries that were reducing their CO2 emissions to equal us what the United States had done. That is historic. And that's the first time it had ever been done. And there was no need, there is no need to make this accelerated transition like what we're seeing happening under the Biden administration. And you will see why this is happening later in our coming episodes. You know, what's another thing that you need to do if you're going to kill your nation? You have to get to where your enemies see you as weak. And you have to have it where your allies think that you cannot be trusted because you're not keeping your word and you are not protecting your populace. We saw this happen with the ridiculous and clumsy Afghanistan withdrawal. This not only resulted in unnecessary deaths of American soldiers, as well as it let the Taliban have our weaponry, including equipment that gave the United States an edge in fighting. It also helped our enemies by betraying our allies in Afghanistan. We're referring to the British, German, and other soldiers who are there with us. These are the ones who are left behind to fend for themselves because Joe decided to act rashly and irrationally. Here's what Norbert Rotgen, who is the chairman of the German Parliament Foreign Relations Committee, said, and I quote, I say this with a heavy heart and with horror over what is happening, but the early withdrawal was a serious and far-reaching miscalculation by the current administration. This does fundamental damage to the political and moral credibility of the West, end quote. He could not be more correct. And Glenn Beck even said the British declared they wouldn't engage anymore in any military operations until Biden and Harris were gone. I mean, this is our main ally who said this. We took soldiers out before we took civilians out. That isn't normally what the military does, especially the U.S. military. And we did it in this particular incident. And there's no better way to destroy and isolate America than to get to where our allies cannot trust us. The result is they're not going to want to help us when we have a time of need, which leads to disrespect and they're not going to do business with us. And then we're going to get to the place where the United States will not be leading. Because who in the world wants to follow somebody who operates like that? I want to share something with you traders in regards to this debacle by our leaders at the State Department. There were charity groups that actually were the ones rescuing the American citizens that our government deserted. The Nazarene Fund was one of those charity groups who was doing a lot of the rescuing. And they had something interesting to say about our leaders currently. They accused the State Department and the White House as being the biggest problem in rescuing our own people. They said people would be at the gate. American citizens would have passports in hand, the paperwork already processed in hand, and they would be told to return back to their homes to get their cars and then come back to the gates. That is 
crazy because they risked their lives to get to those gates and to even get the paperwork and everything accomplished. And they're already at the gate and all they had to do is open up the gate. And instead, they're sending them back through at their own risk. No one's protecting them. And now you're telling them to go get their car and come back through. What's the likelihood that they would make it? Secondly, after all the vetting process with the charity organizations, they have to go through all this vetting to make sure that people are who they say they are. And the charity organizations work with OFAC, O-F-A-C, and it's a government entity that screens people to see if individuals are not terrorists. And so the last step in this vetting process is when once the OFAC gives their okay, then These charity organizations have to call the State Department and the State Department just has to give the green light, which means they're just checking to make sure OFAC's done its job. Well, Glenn Beck said that everything had been cleared by OFAC. They had a plane full of people. State Department just had to say, okay, go. But instead, they held this plane up for over 24 hours, would not give the go ahead which of course the Taliban by that time found out that this plane was sitting here with a bunch of people in it. And so they seized that plane and the people on that plane. And he doesn't know what happened to these individuals. A third thing that I want to share is that he goes on to explain how there were several countries that were helping take in these U.S. citizens, these refugees, those people fleeing from Afghanistan. And I just want to, again, stress that a lot of these people that were left behind by our government were women, children, and Christians. And these charity groups said that suddenly these countries said, hey, we can't take these people. We can't take anybody else. And he thought that was weird. And so they called the the Macedonia ambassador. That was one of the countries that said they would house these refugees temporarily. And Glenn Beck's organization called the ambassador and the Macedonian ambassador told him that our U.S. officials from our State Department told the ambassador from Macedonia not to take these refugees, that the United States would not vouch for them. So that verifies that this was a deliberate act. They were deliberately keeping these people from being rescued. They were working against these charity groups. He also shares that there were two incidences where there were planes that had already been vetted and given takeoff clearance. There were people on them. They were in the airspace. They left Afghanistan territory and the pilot would be told to return to Afghanistan because the State Department would not give a dip clearance. And so the plane had to be rerouted back to Afghanistan. He doesn't know what happened to those individuals on those planes. Yeah, as if you're going to add insult to injury, we left the Taliban names of those Afghans who helped us in fighting them. What do you think they did to those people? These were people who helped us. They devoted their lives because they were translators. They helped us in all these other different ways. And we promised that we would protect them. We gave up on that promise. More specifically, Joe Biden gave up on that promise. And then if you want to just make sure you're going to do something in an even dumber way, what do you do? So the Afghans that you bring over, they were never properly vetted. So what we did is we abandoned people that we knew were dedicated to our country, that were dedicated to the American dream. We abandoned them to a violent death and we brought over people 
that quite possibly want to see our violent death. What kind of an administration thinks that way? Well, and also I forgot to mention the Nazarene Fund got wind through some of these whistleblowers at the State Department saying they were taking orders from the White House. This wasn't just somebody just doing this and incompetent. They were telling the State Department deliberately to do these actions. So this was... This was deliberate. Malicious. And intentional. Now, our government abandoned U.S. citizens and other people had to step in to solve the problem and attempt to save lives. If you were to write a book and call it How to Destroy a Nation, this would it'd be hard to see how this is not a textbook example. And these are the perfect moves to destroy a nation. But these are not the only ones. Next episode, we will be sharing a couple more. We're not going to do all of them because we can't do all of them. There are a lot. So we're just going to share a couple more and then get to what I know everyone wants to know. Why would someone want to destroy this beautiful nation like America? Stay tuned and you will. So be sure to tell someone about this series. And thanks, you guys. Thanks and have a great week. Until Until next time, time, my fellow fellow traders. traders.